Uh, Father God in heaven, Lord, thank you for a morning uh, to gather together uh, with your people, as your people. Uh, God, a time to celebrate your goodness because of who you are and also because of what you've done for us. Uh, in spite of ourselves, in spite of our sin, our rebellion, our idols, uh, God, that you free us from guilt and shame of our past. You free us from our pride and idols of our present. Uh, God, that you lead us to a hope that is in Christ. And God, you do that because you are good, not because we are good. So God, as we continue in worship, as we've done through singing, through reading, through prayer, and God, now through the reading of your word and the proclamation of your gospel, Lord, I pray uh, that your Holy Spirit would dwell here with us. Uh, God, that your Holy Spirit would open our minds to understand your scripture, that you would open our hearts to receive the gospel. Uh, God, that you would transform who we are to be more like your son, Jesus, for your glory and for our good, and that the good news of Jesus may go forth from this place. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 is where we are today. We'll read the first six verses. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. This is God's word. Friends, Christ Jesus reorients our hearts to God. And in this, we find our identity. In this, we have hope. And this changes everything for us. What comes to mind when I say the word blessing? What do you think of when I say the word blessed? Like, how would you define being blessed? Often, we define being blessed maybe by the state of our family. We can say, well, I have a lot of family and friends. I just feel so blessed by God. Uh, maybe we define blessing by uh, financial well-being, which is often the case. So I feel really blessed because I, I have a, a lot of material things and finances. Often, maybe you think of sneezing, right? You know, like bless you, right? I heard one comedian say that he never says bless you when somebody sneezes because he says, I'm not the Lord. I can't, I can't bless you, right? Often, we have a misunderstanding of what it means to be blessed and what a blessing really is. The Bible uses the word blessed to describe God and to describe God's people. If you look throughout the Old Testament and even into the New, the word blessing and blessed is used time and time again to describe who God is and also how his people are in relation to God. Okay, God within himself is, has this quality of blessedness. It's, it's a quality of grace and goodness that is unique to God. But our relationship to God uh, channels that goodness to us. He bestows blessing to his people. So for us as people to be blessed is a state of grace that we receive from him because he is good, because of who he is and how he is. So we look in the Bible and we see that God uniquely retains this quality of blessedness. We see in Psalm 41:13, the psalmist writes, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. 
You see, God within himself contains this quality of blessedness, this grace, this love, this goodness that is unique to God because he is God. We see that God in his goodness, out of his goodness, out of his grace, out of his blessedness, creates everything out of nothing. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, at the very beginning of creation, God, out of his blessed state, out of his goodness and grace, creates everything out of nothing, says it's good, creates the first man, the first woman, and blesses them. He's extending his goodness and grace to his people, gives them uh, responsibilities to multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. But if you turn to Genesis chapter 3, you see that sin and rebellion enters the world, that man and woman, the first man and first woman, distrust God's goodness. They decide that they, the blessedness they have in God is not good enough. They look elsewhere to be blessed. They say, look, we see that God is good. He has grace and, and he has this unique quality, but, but we're people and we think we know better than God. We think we can achieve the goodness and grace that God alone has to bestow. We think we can get that elsewhere. And so sin and rebellion enters the world. Adam and Eve fall. And that sin and rebellion is perpetuated throughout the human race for all time right? We see in Genesis chapter 12, fast forward a couple generations, and we see a man named Abraham. And God speaks to Abraham, calls him out of the the place of his family, says, I'm going to lead you to a new land, a place that I will promise for you and for your offspring. And then he says this in Genesis 12 too, he says, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. So again, we see this goodness of God propelling a man out of his homeland, taking him to a new place so that that he will be blessed by God in order to be a blessing, so that that the the blessedness that Abraham receives will, will, will perpetuate out in the form of blessing to all nations. So throughout the rest of the Old Testament, we see the history of God's people that they forget that being blessed is, is, a, is a quality that God alone retains and that their blessedness is, is specifically tied to God's goodness, that God blessing them is something that can only happen when you are in that relationship with God. So the rest of the Old Testament, you see time and time again, God's people pursuing idols, cultural idols, sin, rebelling against God, saying, God, we know you're good. We know that you are the blessed one, but we think we can get blessings over here. We think that even though you were good and you were bestowing your grace and goodness to us, we we don't trust you right now. We trust our own intellect, and we're going to go this way now. We are going to pursue other idols and sin. But all the while, our being blessed is totally dependent on God. And you see that this is the theme of the Old Testament, God's people acting in rebellion, acting in sin, acting in idolatry, and God is pursuing them, saying, I am the blessed one, and I want to bless you. I'm the blessed God, and I want to extend this blessing to you as my people. This goes all the way up to the first century where we see, uh, even in the time of Ephesus, we see a time of affluence and commerce and religion and spirituality and culture. 
The city of Ephesus is a large port city where things seem to be going pretty well economically and spiritually. It was a highly Gentile and pagan culture, but they had their own traditions that were good, and they had their own religions that they valued. Much like us today, much like us today, things seem to go well, and we say, you know what? My job's pretty good. I feel blessed by God. My family's going okay. I feel blessed by God. I was thinking this week, it's similar to like a a wedding shower or a baby shower or uh, any holiday where you have people just throw gifts at you, right? You can have so many gifts given to you that in the moment you you get so excited about the gifts, you forget who gave you the gift, right? I mean, have you you been there? You're like tearing into gifts. This is awesome. Like, you know, you're you're at a wedding shower and you're like, ah, this is great. And you're, you're trying to jot down who gave you what so you can send a thank you card later. And I'll just confess there were a few that it was my fault that I remember later saying, wow, that was a great wedding. Thanks, Uncle John, for uh, the gift. <laughs> Thank you for the gift. Uh, because in the moment of excitement of tearing into the, the gifts, we got excited about the gifts and forget who gives you the gift. Likewise, that's what happens to you and I today. It, it, is when things go well, sometimes we, we forget to look to the giver of the gift. We forget to turn to God and say, God, your, your goodness is being bestowed to us. And, and often if things are going well, that's when we forget about God the most, Right? We need a rescuer. We need redemption. In Acts chapter 3, Luke records this great sermon. Yet again, where Peter and the apostles have been sent out to proclaim the good news of Jesus' rescue of God's people, extending beyond the, the Jew. And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. So Jesus sets foot on the scene to rescue God's people from rebellion, to rescue God's people from sin, to rescue you and I from our idols, from our rebellion, from our sin. Paul later writes in Ephesians confirming this. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Verse 
6, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. You see, Paul wrote in Ephesians that this identity of redemption being in Christ, that we are turned from sinners to saints. We are made no longer idolaters, unfaithful idolaters, but we are turned to God-loving, faithful people, that we are no longer in conflict, but we have peace, a right relationship with God and each other, that we are no longer self-sufficient to dig ourselves out of our sin and idols, but we are totally reliant on Christ who has rescued us. That's what it means to be blessed in Christ, that God has rescued us from sin and idols. God has fulfilled his promise to his people. He promises to Abraham in in chapter 12 of Genesis, look, I'm going to bless you, and through your lineage, you will be a blessing, and I'm going to rescue my people. Jesus sets foot on the scene and does just that. God says, look, here's Jesus, my son. I have raised him up to rescue you, to bless you, to turn you away from your wickedness. Now, friends, that's a promise for you and I. That promise extends to you and I. And often we don't think we need rescue. We say, look, things are going well. I don't need to be rescued, right? I I mean, my finances are in order. My my marriage is going okay. My kids are all right. My my job's not so shabby. And and, and you know what? I'm doing good. I'm I'm, I'm following the Ten Commandments. I'm memorizing things. And that's when we need to be rescued the most. And God and his goodness, because he is blessed, rescues us in Christ so that we will be blessed with every blessing. So, so what does it mean here? It's like an overview of the biblical theology of blessing. So what does it mean to be blessed in Christ specifically here as we look at Ephesians? There are actually three different uh, versions of the word for blessing here that's used here. And each of those evoke a different meaning. So so to be blessed here uh, means three things for you and I today. First is that to be blessed in Christ, it means that our worship is now Godward. Right? Apart from Christ, we worship idols, we worship sin. Most of us don't even know it because we're like, hey, we're good moral people. You're worshiping your morality. Well, hey, I'm a good religious, but you're worshiping your religion. Hey, I know all the Ten Commandments. You're worshiping what you know not who you know, right? And so in Christ, we are turned from sinners to saints. We are turned from unfaithful idolaters to faithful worshipers of God. So the first thing we see here is that, is that to be blessed in Christ, it means our worship is Godward. Paul says in verse three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Okay, so, so God is blessed God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has this unique quality of grace and goodness and, and this blessedness that is unique to him because he's God. So, so why does he bless us with every spiritual blessing? Verse six says, it's to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved, in Christ. We have been blessed by God in Christ so that we would worship God. That's why. And so if we say, look, God has saved me from my sin, God has saved me from my idols, and then we just walk away and do our own thing, we we forget the point of why we've been blessed. I mean, right, in in Genesis 12, God says, I will bless you, Abraham, so that you will be a blessing. Not, I will bless you, Abraham, so you can go play golf on the weekends and forget about the dying nations of the world. No. No. Likewise, Jesus saves us. We are blessed in the beloved. We are blessed in Christ so that our hearts are reoriented to worship God. 
So to be blessed means that our worship is Godward. In fact, the word blessed here, yologatos, if you want some Greek, is a declaration. It's not like saying, God sneezed, you're blessed, bless you. No, it's a declaration. Say, look, God is blessed. I mean, he's just, he's gracious, he's good, there's no one like him. He, he is the blessed God of the universe. That declaration is used eight times in the New Testament, and it's always used to describe God. It's never used to describe somebody else. That, that specific word of blessed is never used to describe anything else or anyone else other than God, because God is the only blessed one. It's a unique quality of praiseworthiness for, for who he is, not just for what he does, but for who he is. He's God. So when I ask you this, what does it mean then to be blessed in Christ, that God, that God is in Christ reoriented, reorienting our hearts to worship Godward? So that we, are, we are worshiping God. So I want to ask you this, what, what idols are in your heart that occupy your affection? I mean, what, what is it you think about most and you, that you are most passionate about? Because it could be very tangible things like, you know, uh, like, you know, it could be your, I don't know, your house or your car or your uh, finances. It could be your status like at work or on Facebook. I mean, good grief, that's an idol. It's an idol. It can be uh, what how people think of you. You see, whatever occupies, occupies your mind and your heart it is an idol for you. It's what you live for. It's what, what motivates you. And in Christ, our hearts and minds are transformed to worship the true God. But secondly, to be blessed in Christ is our worship is reoriented to be Godward. But secondly, our identity is now Christward. You see, to be blessed in Christ, we have a total reliance on who Christ is and what he's done for us. It's no longer that we're defined by the sins of our past. Like, oh man, I totally blew it in college, so I'm just whatever, you know? Label yourself whatever. You're no longer defined by the sins of your past. The guilt and shame you carry no longer defines you in Christ. Likewise, you're no longer defined by the idols of your present, the things that motivate you on a day-to-day basis that are apart from Christ. Those things no longer define you in Christ. You're no longer defined by your job, whether it's going well or, or poorly, by your educational status, by however many degrees you have after your name, by how much money is in your bank account, by how many friends you have in real life or in the virtual world. You're no longer defined by those things. Because the word Paul uses here, okay, first he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word blessed is unique to God, used eight times in the New Testament only for God, right? But then he uses this word, who has blessed us. It's a, it's a different variant of the word blessing. That word is defining an object of blessing. We are objects of blessing. In and of ourselves, we are not blessed people. We are objects of blessing from God. We are recipients of grace. We do not achieve grace. We do not earn grace. We do not own grace within ourselves. We are recipients. Grace has been given to us because God is blessed. God is good. God is gracious. And we are blessed ones. This is very exciting because when you read the rest of the book of Ephesians, you get to chapter 2 and you see that, that we are no longer objects of wrath, but objects of blessing. That's why Paul writes in verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. I mean, in Christ alone, we are recipients of grace. 
So, what does this mean for you and I? I mean, it, it should draw our hearts and minds, affection and attention, Godward and worship, but also our identity is Christward. So when you look around you and you say, man, my bank account's falling apart or my education's not going as well as I thought or I didn't get the job I wanted. There's a show I like called Parenthood. You guys ever seen this show? It comes on NBC, I think. And we watched it this past week. I, I like this show a lot. And I think if anybody in this room wants to be a pastor, don't just study theology, but watch Parenthood and think, how in the world would you pastor these people? All right, I think it's a very real depiction of an American family. I really, I really do. Um, and we were watching it this week, and there's uh, this great you know, moment where there's this little kid named Jabbar, and he's hanging out with his dad, and, and then he's hanging out with his grandma later, and his, his grandma like, apparently taught him how to pray. Okay, so Jabbar's like praying in his room and his dad walks by and is like, what is going on with that? And so they have this little conversation. He's like, you know, the dad goes and talks to the grandma and says, what are you, what are you teaching our son? I mean, and she calls him out. She's like, well, what's your doctrine? Hmm? What's your doctrine? What do you believe? And what are you teaching your son? And so it opens up this great conversation about what does it mean to be, to be blessed? They even use the word. It's like, what does it mean to, to get blessing, to be blessed? And so there's this great scene with Jabbar sitting with his dad, Crosby, on the steps of a porch, drinking a root beer, looking at the stars. And Jabbar is just like going on about, about how he prays and thanks God for everything. And Crosby, the dad, is like, uh, you know, I don't really know who I believe in out there, but I believe in you, I believe in your mom, and, and because of you, I, I, feel, I feel blessed. Okay, that's all well and good to, to feel blessing because of your family. I feel blessed. I have three beautiful daughters, an awesome son, a gorgeous wife. I feel blessed by God. But my feeling blessed is not circumstantial on those people. I realize that those people are a gift from God. Like, God is the giver of this beautiful family that I have. And we mustn't think that our blessed state is reliant on our circumstances, be they good or, or bad. We must realize that our blessed state is totally reliant on God's goodness and Christ's rescue of us. So this is freeing because it channels your hearts and minds to worship God. This is freeing because we have security in who Christ is and what he's done for us. You know that if your bank account falls apart, your blessed state in Christ doesn't change. Right? If your family falls apart, your blessed state in Christ doesn't change. If you make some dumb decisions, your blessed state in Christ does not change. Blessedness is not circumstantial, friends. In Christ, you are a recipient of God's grace. That's good news, right? So thirdly, thirdly, we see that not only is our worship being blessed in Christ means that our worship is now Godward and that our identity is now Christward, uh, but thirdly, our, our lifestyle is, is forward. And let me explain this a little bit. We see that uh, an identity of blessing means that the God retains this, this quality of blessedness within himself and that we uh, receive blessing. We are objects of blessing. We are recipients of blessing in Christ. But that blessing comes with a responsibility. 
right? It's not, and we see this theme throughout scripture that, that, that God says in Genesis 3, when, or sorry, in Genesis 1, he, he creates the first man and first woman. He blesses them. He says, you are blessed. Now, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth, right? You see that being blessed is tied to God. It comes with a responsibility to go be a blessing. Adam and Eve had that and they blew it, right? We see in Genesis 12, God says to Abraham, I, I will bless you, and, and through you, through your, I'll make your name great, and through your lineage, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Look, I'm going to bestow upon you grace and goodness, and that comes with a responsibility to be a blessing. And so we, we get to Ephesians, and it says, blessed be the God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, God is good, he is gracious, he is uniquely blessed, and then he blesses us, Right? He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Our blessedness is, is, is received from God in Christ. We mustn't forget that. No other way are you going to receive this kind of blessing from anyone or anywhere or anything. It's in Christ. But then this comes with a responsibility. Like the word here for blessing actually is where we get the word eulogy. It's like a good word, you know what I mean? It, it means obtaining benefits, right? That's what it means to be recipients of, of blessing. You obtain the benefits of something, and often we merely think this is physical stuff. Like, all right, well, I'm, I'm now a Christian, so everything's gonna go well for me, right? Probably not, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Paul's point here in scripture is that ultimately, it, it, it is great, that, that he has blessed us Oh, I just love this, man. This will blow your mind. You need to read your Bibles this week, everybody. I know you do. Right? He has blessed us with every, listen to that. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. Not some. Not, well, in Christ, I have a little bit of blessing, and so I need to uh, supplement it over here. No. In Christ, he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So physical blessing, maybe, but maybe not. Spiritual blessing, absolutely. Some, no, every. I mean, read the Old Testament and see how God blesses his wayward, rebellious people. He's just, just read it. Time and time again, just, I will bless you, I will bless you, I'm blessing you, bless, bless, bless. Well, you know what? In Christ, we get all that eternally. Not some of it, all of it, eternally. Temporally here and now, maybe, maybe not. Eternally, absolutely. In Christ, we get it. We obtain the benefits of God's grace in Christ. Friends, we often take our eyes off of God. We often forget that our security and identity is in Christ, and that's when we freak out. We say, man, God, you promised to bless me in Christ, but look at this hardship I'm going through in my family. Look at this hard stuff I got to sit through at work. Good grief, look at the bills that are stacking up. God, you promised to bless me in Christ. You see, we mustn't think temporally. Because if we do, we lose focus of the point of being blessed in Christ is that our worship is Godward and that our identity is Christward. I mean... Having money doesn't mean you have favor, and being broke don't mean that you don't, right? It's like, you know? 
We have a heart issue that God in Christ changes. It's not circumstantial, friends. No matter your circumstances, God is good. He is blessed. No matter your circumstances, in Christ is where you find your identity and security, right? You are a blessed son of God. You are a blessed daughter of the king of the universe. That doesn't change, no matter what your circumstances. But as a recipient of blessing, our lifestyle is now forward, right? That's, we don't just say, well, God's blessed us, so let's just hang out. No, it's forward as we've been blessed so that we can be a blessing. Now, how do we do that? There's many ways we can do that. I mean, to be a blessing means that we're no longer consumers of stuff, but we are stewards, right? The relationships you have are, are not for you just to suck people dry. I mean, like, when, when I look at my wife and my daughters and my son, I'm like, God, I can't believe you've entrusted these people to me. <laughs> Help me not blow it. Because they're not there for me just to suck the life out of them so I can be whatever. You know, God has given me an opportunity to, to steward grace. It's the most wonderful people I've ever met. It's because God's good, and he has a sense of humor. It's because in Christ, uh, it's, I find my identity and security. I mean, the same, the same with any relationship you may have at work. I mean, God has given you that job, not only for you to make money, but so that you could steward the gospel to your coworkers. And the money that you get is not only for your enjoyment. It's okay to enjoy it. Good grief, he's blessing you. He's like, here, here's 20 bucks. Awesome, thanks. What should I do with this 20 bucks? Well, you could go to Arts in the Heart and get uh, some sort of steak kebab from another country. And if you want to be a real blessing, you can buy me one or somebody else one, right? You can say, look, I want to bless you with this $20, right? We think forward because we know that the blessings we have received are Godward, Christward, and forward. We're advancing this good news of Jesus because of who God is and what he's done, who Christ is and what he's done for us. So to wrap it up, I'll say this. To be blessed in Christ means that we worship God alone, not our sin, not our idols. To be blessed in Christ means we find our identity and security in Jesus, not who we are and what we've done, not our circumstances, but who Christ is and what he's done for us. To be blessed in Christ means that we have an eternally forward view in mind so that how we live life now is in view of who God is, what Christ has done, and where we're going, right? I mean, what we're to do. And this changes everything for us. This will change how you uh, date fellas and ladies who are dating. Men, this will change how you, how you uh, date your wife and how you raise your children. I mean, think about this, friends, that you have this responsibility as a father or mother to, to shepherd your children with a view that, that they are to worship God but can't in their own. They need to be rescued. And so Jesus rescues them, and, and their identity is now Christ's word. And we're trying to shepherd our, our, our five-year-old right now in this area. We just pray for her every night, you know, just love her and pray over her that she would always know that her identity is, and security is in Christ. Right, and we have this responsibility as parents to do that. Likewise, if you go to school, you have this great responsibility to, to study hard, to learn well, yes, to, to earn your degree, absolutely. But, but why are we to do these things? It's because in the end, God is good. He is blessed. He has blessed us. We have our identity and security in Christ with every spiritual blessing. So why? 
Why do we do this? Verse six, it's to the praise of his glorious grace, right? It's the glory of God. That's why we have been blessed. Um, over the next few minutes, when we have a time of response, I'll ask you to do a couple things. Um, meditate on the scripture about being, uh, uh, just meditate on the scripture. Read these verses in Ephesians and, and meditate. I would encourage you to confess sin and repent of idols. Repent means to turn. It means to change your mind. It means to say, it means to say God, I am worshiping other things other than you. But in Christ, I know my worship is to be Godward. Right? Repentance and belief means to say, God, I'm finding my identity and security elsewhere. But I know that in Christ is where I find my true identity and security. Okay? To repent means to say, God, I'm not stewarding blessings, but I'm consuming them because I'm selfish. I repent. Change me. That's what repentance and belief in the gospel is. All of us need to do that. I need to do that. Let's do that. Let me pray. Father God in heaven, thank you uh, for my friends and family uh, in this room. Thank you for Redemption Church. Thank you for the gathering of people you've called us to be. God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would transform our hearts to worship you, God. Worship you alone. God, help us find our identity and security in Christ. Lord, for those in this room who are not in Christ, God, save them. Destroy their idols. Defeat their sin. Save them. God, for those of us who are believers, I pray that you would defeat our pride and self-sufficiency. I pray that you would give us a humble reliance on Jesus. Apart from Christ, we are not blessed with every spiritual blessing. So Jesus, we need to be saved time and time again. May we be reliant on you with a humble reliance. And, and, and God, that you would transform us as your people to be stewards of grace, that we would not take lightly what it means to be blessed. That we would not take lightly the blessings that you have given us to steward for eternal purposes. God, for the praise of your glorious grace and for our goodness, so that others may know how good and wonderful you are, God. Lord, I ask that you would do that for the glory of your name, for the goodness of us as your people and the advancement of the gospel. In Christ's name we pray, amen.